Hello, everybody. Coming up, we are going to be taking your emails and voicemails and answering your questions. Live from the Bob Varley studio here in Orlando, Florida, this is The Diz Unplugged. This is The Diz Unplugged, episode number 800. Wow. For the week of April 21st, 2015. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. Uh, Experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. We've done this 800 times? Apparently. I'm this not is, paid <laughs> well, again, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, I am your host, Dustin West, and I am joined at the table uh, this week by my good friends, John Magi. Hi, everybody. We also have Kevin Close. Hi, everybody. And he is tributing or saluting us. With the troops. <laughs> uh, we have Kathy Whirling. Hi. Corey Martin. Still happy to be here. Those are the folks at the table. And back in the production nook, we have Craig Williams. And yes. Rhina Clavin. Hello. <laughs> that is not his name. <laughs> that is nowhere not near his close. name. <laughs> well, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, we are going to be taking your emails and voicemails, though I understand there have been a few technical difficulties in getting some of the emails up and going that we were going to bring in today. But that's okay, because I've got email on my phone right here in front of me. Wow. And, uh, I can take questions. Also, um, I don't know if any of us are monitoring the chat room. If, I am. If cool. any of oh, you guys cool. in the chat room have questions for us, we that will uh, gladly ignore you. <laughs> gladly ignore you. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> despite any technical difficulties, does anybody, Kathy, have <laughs> an email <laughs> that they would oh, like geez. to share? I've got a couple. Well, um, well, actually, hold on. Let me just start off by saying, if you would like to uh, send in an email, you can always go to www.disunplugged.com slash contact, and that's where you can leave uh, an email in our feedback form, or you can also leave a voicemail as long as your computer uh, has a microphone built into it, or if you download the SpeakPipe app, uh, and it'll direct, uh, direct you how to do that uh, on that page. You can also just send an email to podcast at disunplugged.com, and and uh, hopefully we'll read your email or play your voicemail on the show. So, Kathy, thank you. Okay. So the first one I, I picked out of the ones that I saw on the Facebook page, I think it was. This is from Mary Neal. She wanted to know, what would you ask Walt about Walt Disney World if you had the chance? I would ask him if he was tired of people saying Walt's rolling over in his grave. You know, that was the first thought I thought of. Yeah. Or what would Walt think? Right. That, you know. Um, my thought in terms of since this question specifically addresses Walt Disney World my thought on it is even though he got the land and he planned out the Magic Kingdom and the resorts and stuff like that there hasn't been a lot of hands on interaction with particularly Walt Disney World from Walt Disney himself right so you do know he's dead, right? I, I do. Yeah, he's okay. just no. He's just been out of the picture for a while. <laughs> um, it's so much harder to be hands on when you're dead. <laughs> that's my first thought. Is that uh, you know I I don't know that I would. That's the question I would ask him. What's it like not having anything to do with it? Because or, or what does he think of how it all turned out? That's a better question. You I know, think. because I mean, he was so hands on with everything. How does he feel? what everybody else did with his 
ideas. I'd have so many questions for Walt Disney, he wouldn't even have a chance to talk. (laughs) If you could quit smoking and live longer, would you have done that? Yeah. I think I more than anything, I'd say thank you. Yeah. 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 I think I would ask him what truly, what was your vision for Walt Disney World, you know, looking down the road, looking into the future. I know his plans for Epcot were a lot yeah, different. I was going to say, I'd ask about Epcot. <laughs> yeah. A lot different from what they panned out. And for those of you who don't know, he envisioned Epcot truly as a city of, or a community of tomorrow, an actual functioning city. And obviously now it's a, a theme park inspired by that. But it's not, it's not that. So, I have a great question for Michelle sure. Duda. Yeah. Depending on when you started going, what's your favorite Disney decade? The 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, or now? That's mm-hmm. Michelle Duda's question. Michelle's in chat. Well, this is for you, Michelle. I recognize her name. Hmm. I have only been going since the 90s, so yeah, I've got yeah, 2.5 decades to, to work off of. Um, oh, wow. Honestly, wow. That made me feel a little bit like that the 90s was... 30-30, huh? Um, f- for me, obviously, I think it's uh, nostalgic, so I would say the 90s, simply because that's when I first started going, and that's my first memories of it. And that is that is based on nostalgia. Um, and we can get into it more, but what do you guys think? I think for me, it's now. I, I think, you know, experiencing new things. I, I mean... I can I, I can remember going as a kid, but I think now, like seeing it through the eyes of my kids, it's all brand new um, again. So I think my time is now. I would have to say the seventies. Yeah, the yeah, original. It was simpler. It was so much simpler. It was one park and two hotels, and I mean, I went the first time when I was eleven and almost twelve in nineteen seventy one. So it's like that's really a formative time in your life and Walt Disney World was the be-all and end-all. There was nothing better. Would have liked to have been there back in the 70s when it was all brand new and, you know, they weren't sure if it was going to work or, you know, like when I came on the scene in the in the 90s, I was excited because it was all new to me, but just imagine how it must have been when they opened the park for the first time in Florida. I can tell you we were waiting to see... Um, the Circle Vision, America the Beautiful. And this was December of 1971. And I remember my mother was fascinated by the carpet, Was the fact that the carpet was brand new. She kept saying to me, can you imagine how many people walked over this? And it looks brand new. Yeah. So it was, there was this story at that time that every night there used to be the horse hitching posts down Main Street. And every night, they would start at the beginning of Main Street, and over the course of the week, they would strip them and repaint them. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's the way it looked. Okay. Everything sparkled. Yeah, and that that's always been kind of in the uh, the zeitgeist of Disney uh, you know, uh, fan stories about the maintenance of the park has been that they repaint things in, mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. And it does uh, retain um, – it never looks old. I mean, obviously, technology changes and stuff like that, and that can feel old sometimes, but that's just in terms of being dated. But it never looks old. It never feels unclean, except I know 
Pete in particular has had issues with the restrooms lately. But you know, while um, I love technology and where technology is going, I would like to go back to a time at Disney when there were no cell phones. I mean, that's even the nineties that, you know, not everybody was walking around with cell phones and, you know, before social media, I, I enjoy social media and I enjoy technology, but I think going back to a time when there was no, or limited technology at Disney would be would be a nice change. Someone else has asked if anybody's ever seen the landing strip at Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. Well, only and, on Google Maps. Well, when, yeah. we, when Walt Disney World first opened, the landing strip was just before the turn where you would turn. You go through the parking kiosk, and just before you turn to go to the poly, there was off to the right. It's now bus parking. It used to be called the Stallport. And it was short takeoff or landing, and mm-hmm. Disney World was going to be a fly-in resort for those who had planes, like I private planes. I don't think they did it very often. Yeah, but that's what it was. It was called Stallport for a long time, and that's where it was. The the, the landing strip is still there. They just park buses on. Yeah, it. I think I've. Uh isn't it over by the contemporary, not the Polynesian? I think that's the Pluto no, it's lot. The, the road you go in after you go through the parking kiosk, for the magic just kingdom. before the area where you turn to go to the poly, it's right there on your left. It's at that on intersection. Right. On the right, I'm sorry. Oh, because I thought it was, it's like now if you're going like towards the contemporary, it's over. They've got a bunch of buildings, but the Stoleport was behind that. I think it was right there along that road. I mean, you can see the landing strip. Yeah. Um, but and then you make the if you make a left you go towards what the kennel and the Polynesian and the Grand yeah. Floridian. If you kept going, oh, okay, straight, so we, yeah, we are talking, talking about the same thing. Yeah, 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 we are. Okay. Well, I, I know for me, just thinking about the '90s, um, that was the same period where um, a lot of and in rapid fire, a lot of Disney classic movies were coming out, with, starting with like The Little Mermaid and stuff like that. And I think in the same way you saw a big uh, influx of new attractions uh, coming in in the 90s. You also saw parades being changed out a lot based on those movies and stuff like that. So it seemed to me back then, and again, I'm not sure if this is just a nostalgia thing, but it seemed to me like every time I went, there was something that was that new thing. Um, I was going to say the same thing about the 2000s. Yeah. And I think it's just a perception because stuff happened in the late 90s that then manifested in the 2000s, but it felt like that was the period of the most change, mm-hmm. except for right now. Right now, it feels like we're really in the time mm-hmm. of, you know, so much is being... And we're in the in-between construction phase right, of that. Right, We're right at a point now where so much is going to be new and different. I watched a video the other day. My son had sent to me about Splashtacular in Epcot. I don't know if you saw it on my page. But over... You know where the Christos used to come out of the building there in Future World, that oh, sort yeah. of like across from the fountain, but there was a big dinosaur came up out of there, and there was these. Um, you'll have to look on my page. <laughs> there, um, these uh, cast members were like in these silver suits that had like Mickey's on the front of them. It was sort of like it was interesting to look back on it because I guess it was supposed to be techno at that time, but to <laughs> me it looked rather lame. But, um, you know, it's, like, interesting to see how the shows have changed. And they did this <laughs> To thing. see what stuck and what <laughs> well, went the way of the dodo. You know, like, when you go by the fountain now in Future World, I always wondered, like, what did they ever use that for? Because very seldom do you ever see them using it. But this was a whole big stage show. They had people in different colored costumes. and During the 50th anniversary, we saw the B-52s there. <laughs> wow. 
Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Wow. There okay. used to be a stage show there also. I remember the stage show. Okay. And then they used to have, like, um, people who would do, like... Um, community service and... The <laughs> <laughs> not community service. Like, you know, helping... Right, it was like the yeah, and helping the community. They were all um, sp- recognition space rewards. people, oh. but they did. Are you um, talking about the Christos? Maybe is that what it, she said? it was like? Um, it's like acro gymnastics or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I used yeah. to love them because oh, I used to be in gymnastics. Yeah. So I, would, I would, would love do, watching like, them. Um, statue things, and they would like climb. It was they would climb on each other yeah. in these blue outfits. Oh my god! Well, where they came out is where this big dinosaur was, and my son was telling me this dinosaur came out, and it was huge. And you looked at it and went, wow, that's a big investment. But he said that eventually, after one of the shows, the hydraulics burst and sprayed <laughs> stuff all over Actually, the place. Actually, that store still exists backstage by the ink and paint shop. And oh, there was okay. a time when you could drive back there. You weren't supposed to. Okay. But you could drive back there. I actually showed Kevin it. It's still attached to the ink and paint shop back there. And you oh, might okay. be able to see that if you take the backstage magic tour. It's really far in the back, and they've actually okay. placed since nine eleven. They've placed those barricades up. Oh, I don't know how okay. close you can get anymore? Huh. Okay. Well, I have another email, um, and this one actually came in this morning um, because I'm going in chronological order. Uh, Pat Genetti from uh, Connecticut uh, says. To kind of bounce off of last week's show, if you could only choose one quick service meal, where would it be and why? And also, if you could only have one table service meal, where and why? Thanks for all the work you do. Love all the shows. Well, thank you, Pat. Um, what do you guys think? Table service and quick service. My quick service would be one of the waffle sandwiches in Sleepy Hollow. Yeah? I think those are really good. I agree. Um, my table service... I could go to Gico. I could go to Narcoses or Narcoses. Um, well, people in Florida say Narcoses, but um, Narcoses. I could go to either one of those places, I think. Oh, and I really like the Brown Derby, too. So I would pick one of those places. I would do Monsieur Paul for a table, um, but also maybe Yachtsman or Gico. <laughs> You need to go on I need there. I need to go I need to go backwards <laughs> and think of counter service uh, counter service yeah, or quick service indecisive I know for me it's not the highest end restaurant they have and it's definitely not the lowest end restaurant they have but you mentioned it the Brown Derby I think that fits my style better than any of the other restaurants I love Monsieur Paul but if I let let's imagine a world where that's where I was eating every single night and that was my only option ever I, I feel like that's good could be yeah it sounds great they do have a wonderful ravioli um but uh, i would take um i would take brown derby for sure just because i think i just I, I love the atmosphere there if she wants individual dishes at chico they have a fish on top of vegetables with a butter sauce mm-hmm. and at the brown derby they always have a pork chop with um red cabbage Oh my gosh, it's so good. I think it's silver like pork chops, silver yeah. farms. I don't remember what it's called. Quick service I would do Sunshine Seasons yeah. and Epcot because you've you know, it's sort of not your normal park fare. It's a good variety. Yeah. And for my favorite table service, I know everybody's gonna groan at home, but for me it would be beer garden. And that's your individual taste. Yes. Well, I'm no. not even going to wait till I get home. <laughs> <laughs> now, I say beer garden just because that or like Ohana, because like when Ooh. just when people come to see me, if I want to get them into sort of like the Disney flavor and how Disney does a little bit different, putting aside the food, um, you know, beer garden 
Yeah. Where else can you go that, you know, that they right. do garden things? doesn't even fall into any of those categories. It's neither a table nor is it surface. <laughs> it's a buffet. <laughs> it's sort of this weird park bench where you have to sit with other people and sing Edelweiss. <laughs> Raise your glass and go, ay, ay, ay. Um, for my quick service, I'm just thinking, you mentioned Ohana. Uh, I think it's not in a park, but I, I think the captain cooks in, um, oh, yeah. in the Polynesian. I think... If every if every uh, quick service had that quality um, at Disney World, I'd be very happy. I would. How about you guys in the back? I would say hoop de doo review would be my favorite. Like oh, sit yeah, down yeah. thing about for that. people. I, it used to be Ohana, Kathy. So I, would, I agree with you there. But the last couple of years, I haven't I haven't gone. It kind of went down for me. But um, and quick service, I always eat at the Moroccan quick service place the tangerine cafe oh, yeah. I like that I like really the good. falafel or the, uh, the lamb wrap or whatever it is there is real good it's nice it's different food That's good. It's like yeah. you you're talking about the Moroccan walk up counter yeah right? okay yeah 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 what about you Craig I'd probably do Casey's I could eat at Casey's every single day of the week mini corn dog nuggets have you ever had a hot dog that was actually hot and not gray I like gray hot dogs you would I and think you like it, layovers at airports I do you're just a freak it adds a lot of flavor uh <laughs> For, but then I'd have to go with uh, I'd have to go with Hoopty Doo as well because mm-hmm. you got good fried chicken and Unlimited all you Bud can Light. eat. All you can drink, and then I could just drink sangria and pass out every night. And <laughs> I just did can't it last go wrong week. with that. <laughs> with your uh, my, family yeah, was in town. Family were here, and that was the first thing. My brother was like, "We have to go do this." And we had a cabin, and we had the golf cart, and I was like, th- "I think that's the first time I've done it where I was staying in the cabin afterwards, and that's a wonderful oh, yeah, experience." That's right, neat. you don't have to, you can drive a golf cart home. Yeah, that's dangerous. Or you can walk. The law. <laughs> I, um, I wasn't consuming well, That answers that. Uh, <laughs> anybody else have anything? Because I've got something queued up. Uh, I've got an email. Oh, do you? Whenever, yeah. Okay, go Whenever. right now. But it's it's just more of the topic of the email. Like I, I this one caught me uh, last night. Was the um, Tanya Frazier from Princeton, Indiana? But I didn't realize she was phrasing this specifically for young kids. But her question was, "Does Disney wear off?" And she was talking about how she has her grandkids that she brings here, and she just thinks that they're not, they're more of, yeah, I'll go, as opposed to being like, yay, Disney, I'm going to go, you know. And I just thought this was something like, I, I felt like it depends on your situation, mm. how, you, how you treat it. I don't know. Well, my trip to Disneyland brought back my feeling of like Disney for me, but I'm curious what everybody else thinks about that. Well, I can definitely see the validity, and especially now that we all live here i think all of us have reached a point at some at some time and said eh, going back into the theme parks you know again but i know for me and you're not talking kathy. not no. kathy not kathy never kathy i know for me when i was a kid every trip and it was never more than once a year um every trip was i was excited beyond yeah. craziness i me was too. so excited now did you tour with your family or when you got older did you like go off by yourself i finally did branch off when i was in like 10th or 11th grade um i know that's late i'm a late bloomer um but uh i did eventually do that and i liked it but i preferred at that point in my life i preferred being with my family i I agree i used to come every year for my family because my great grandmother lived down here and we would come once a year um the first time i went without a family was when we went for grad night when i was a senior in high school and that was completely different experience again and that was like Mm. i think that's the first time i stayed in the park too like we stayed at one of the hotels and stuff like that and like it was fun going with everybody you went to school with and all that stuff but it's it's two separate you know experiences like i don't think for me i don't think it'll, it'll ever wear off but there are certain things where i don't have the patience for anymore at disney 
like waiting in line for longer than 30 or 40 minutes. Oh, yeah. I'll just go to the parks now and say, oh, 30 minutes, eh, I'll, I'll come back. So I don't really have patience for waiting in line anymore, but I still love the parks. I always will. Do you think the thing with the kids is because it's not Disney's might not be as relevant to them well, she, as it was to us growing up? I find up. that hard to believe. I, I think she was bringing up, like, let me try and find it again. But I, um, I know what you're talking about. She suggested that there are so many other distractions. Right. Yeah. I think that's what I mean. And, you know, kids walk around the parks with an iPad or an iPhone. And is the distraction taking away from the joy of Disney? And I can understand what she's saying. The kids were always very excited to say, oh, my God, we're going to Disney. And now it's like, yeah, sure, I'll go. But if that's the case, how could you enjoy anything? How could you be excited about I, anything? I, I think there are people like that who we encounter all the time where I just mm-hmm. want to take their phone <laughs> And smash it and be like, but don't you find that's true of a lot of things? There's mm-hmm. so many other distractions now. I, I mean, life has changed so much since well, when I since I was a kid. I just, I'm, I'm 56, if anybody's curious. I, so it's really changed. I just read a post online, and I don't know how true this story is, but it was about a restaurant owner who said uh, who saw his numbers dropping and oh, his customer see, yeah. service dropping and then he did a report he, he got a, a private investigator to do a report on what has changed over the last 10 years and he found out that more people are coming in using their cell phones asking the waiters to take pictures taking more time to order their menu uh, from the menu because they're on their phone and they're spending twice as much time in the restaurant hmm. because they're on the phone half the time and so their turnover is not as good so it's kind of similar to that that you know the culture especially having technology and social media right in our faces at every point of the day. If I forget my phone at home, I lose it. I I, I, I don't even know what to do. I'm like, oh, crap, I don't have my phone. <laughs> been an interesting experience this weekend. We went to Miami for the weekend and saw a show. And coming out of the show, we were in South Beach. And we're driving down South Beach, which is a very unique experience at night. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of neon and there's a lot of Art Deco. And I finally had to turn to Kevin and I said, stop looking at your phone. <laughs> look at this. And just yeah. look at this for yeah. a minute and look to see where you are. I, I don't think that's something people do on purpose, but now we're yeah. so distracted. Well, last night uh, I was watching TV with Eli and we've been trying to catch up on our shows and I try and show him just a movie trailer and he can't look away <laughs> from his phone and he's like, I'm watching it. And I was like, there are shots in here that last for a half a second. And, and I'm one of those people that I'm like, hey, it's a movie trailer. They're only showing you the important stuff. How can you not be like, but I don't understand how, and it makes me sad because I went to school for film and you know yeah. art and stuff like that. Like People just don't take the time to look. But stuff. think about, I mean, you're you're all old enough to remember what it used to be like. You used to have to watch TV when the show showed. Right. Yeah. Right. So if it showed at 8 o'clock on it, so Wednesday night, you had to be home on Wednesday night. I re- I'll never forget when I was in college, I had a friend that was in my brother's band. Hi, Harris. And he, <laughs> and he said, and he's not watching this, and he said to all of us hanging out outside of the venue, I can't remember not having the internet. And I realized, okay. There's a there's a new generation yeah, forming. Yeah, yeah. who are growing up today who will always know what it's like to have the internet or, or cell, phones. Have a cell exactly. phone or things like that. Yeah, it was nice when you, you say you're going to meet somebody somewhere and you actually have to meet them there because there's there's no yeah I'm close I'm getting closer <laughs> yeah I see you <laughs> peekaboo <laughs> Craig can you uh, can you cue up the uh, voicemail from Stephen who is a repeat voicemail uh, caller now uh, is Stephen from Dell? No, no, Stephen. Oh, okay. Uh, Stephen Porter. There yeah. we go. If you could go ahead and play that, please. Yes, I can. Hey, this team, Steve Porter calling in. 
In my opinion, Beer Guest Restaurant kind of stands alone as the only above-average dining experience in the Magic Kingdom. Epcot, on the other hand, offers plenty of great dining experiences. So I kind of have a three-part question here. First, what types of things would you like to see in the Magic Kingdom to improve the dining experience? Next, uh, what would you like to see out of the new Adventureland restaurant or the rumored Adventureland restaurant? And lastly, in your opinion, with improvements, could you ever see the dining experience at the Magic Kingdom ever be comparable to Epcot? All right, guys. Thanks so much. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Thank you, Stephen. Um, I think they should bulldoze Tony's. <laughs> Tony's Town Square. Oh, that's still there? Main Street. <laughs> Tony's is a premier location. <laughs> yeah, it should yes. be a destination restaurant. You're right. It should not be Chef Boyardee <laughs> at the Ritz prices. I agree with you. Are, um, are any of you ex- unclear as my thoughts on that? No, I'm not unclear at all. I had an experience with um, Disney Dining at Magic Kingdom in the last couple of days that I, I have to say that I was really frustrated by. Like, it's just really depressing because I understand that technology has allowed us to make our reservations for our vacation so far out, but be our guest restaurant. I was traveling with a little girl, and it's all about princesses, and I'm not wa- we're not waiting for two or three hours to meet Anna and Elsa. I'm not. And then I was, she was like, well, what else is there to do for princesses? And we did the Enchanted Tales with Belle, which was awesome. And they really wanted to eat at that restaurant. But I was like, I don't know what to tell you because there's nothing I can do. There's nothing anyone I know can do. If these people did this 180 days ago. Yeah. And I understand that you also – they had made reservations. So they weren't clueless to technology. They were just like, there's nothing there. And I was just like – I remember when I was a kid, all you had to do was come – and you had to put your name in, and if you didn't make a reservation, they still waited. You know that. Yeah. I, I wasn't even a kid; it was like a year ago. Like I, just, <laughs> you know, like, I remember I used to make rest, or restaurant reservations at um, City Hall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You walked in in the morning, and you put your name on a list. And that's great. That you know, being able to do that in a one one stop. But at least shop. there was a, a point at which you can just go, and they would say, you know what? If you come back at two, yeah, we might be able to seat you. Yeah. Now there's not even that option. Yeah, we couldn't we couldn't do Cinderella's table either, any of that. And I went up and I was like, oh, is there a way like I can put my name in and I'll sit and wait right. for hours? Yeah. And they were like, nope. <laughs> there was. I remember when I, before I started working here, I went up to uh, guest relations at uh, Epcot, and this was at the height of um, La Cellier being just incredibly popular. Uh, before they went to two uh, table service uh, credits. And I said, uh, I'm just looking for a reservation for four for later today. The woman laughed in my face. Like, oh. People people book this a year out. I was going to say, we, we've been up there and they've said things like, well, you know, next six months from now. <laughs> yeah. Here's the problem. The problem is these things, be- and I think it's the internet, these things get mythological. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when, if you didn't have a La Cellier restaurant, you should probably just commit suicide right, in the parking yeah. lot? <laughs> you were going to have a horrible time and your day was ruined and you were never coming back to Disney? Well, now that's how it is with Be Our Guest. But do you think Disney knows this yes, and the quality drops because of that? I have very specific feelings about Disney. Disney's not looking for repeat guests. Mm-hmm. A restaurant in your hometown needs to make you happy so that you come back and spend more money. But you've got reservations for the next six months. Disney doesn't need yeah. you to come back. There's somebody else to take your place. And as long as we keep mythologizing, myth, I can't, you know, mythologizing, I mean, mythologizing these places, it's going to continue to do uh, this. Going back to Stephen's question, I don't know that the Magic Kingdom necessarily needs high quality restaurants. It just needs the ability for someone to actually go somewhere. Yes. And eat. 
Yeah. yeah. You know, can yeah. you go somewhere and eat right. during the day? Well, does anybody know about this Adventureland uh, restaurant? Do we know if it's going to be a full service or those details? It's just a rumor at this point. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's been announced, but has it? they haven't announced a menu yet, right? Yeah, it's going to be a Jungle Cruise-themed restaurant. Yeah. Cool. Um, full service. But in terms of what's going to be served there, uh, the rules of everyone, uh, you know, what it's even going to look like on the inside. No one knows. Just yeah. the location. There's and a lot of space in there. But it's good that they're adding another full-service restaurant. Mm-hmm. Have another option there. Um, and then his other part of his question is, do you think it could ever be as good as Epcot? Well, my initial reaction to that is I, I don't know that Epcot is any better at right, this whole right. situation than Magic Kingdom well, Epcot has more yeah. options a lot more choices. options a lot more choices a lot more variety in the food that you can get there from land to land to land so I'm a firm believer that almost there's pretty much not a theme park restaurant in any of the parks that would survive mm-hmm. in the real world outside at the prices that at they the charge. prices that they're charging yeah I agree All right, um, moving right along. Does anybody else have anything they want to share? Um, I've got something here. I have... uh, Wait, did we answer all three of his parts? I think so. Oh, it was eventually I missed the third part. Okay. Even if we didn't, I'm not getting into that specific. Um, uh, Brianne from Annapolis, Maryland uh, asks... Okay, this is interesting. I didn't pre-screen this email. Oh, uh, that's the one I. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Kathy. No, With all okay. the uh, upgrades happening to Hollywood Studios, what do you think of a Bollywood-style land inside of the park? It would be interesting to see the international film community included in the parks. Perhaps just a nod to them with an international film courtyard. Love the show. All your tremendous hard work and continued dedication is greatly appreciated. Uh, sincerely, Bree. Great. Thank Another you. highly ignored area of a theme park. <laughs> you know, I don't think most Americans care about international theater. Right. You We're know, not going to have the red balloon. Uh, right. I mean, you know, it's not going to be recognized Better. for, you know, subtitled movies. I mean, people don't want that. There is a section at, um, and I'm, I think they're still doing it, in uh, Animal Kingdom, uh, in front of Cali River Rapids they and are. Yak and Yeti, they do have a performance out there. He's like he's kind of a mix between a, a DJ and a Don Ho kind of guy, but he's doing Bollywood style uh, huh. Indian music, and he has dancers with him, and they okay. incorporate the crowd, little girls. I just you know. uh, put together a video for my family for their trip, and a big section of it is like I was like, man, I have to find this Bollywood song they're yeah. dancing to because they're doing. They were all out there, and he wears an it's amazing cool. suit. Yeah. he's got. Great hair. Um, it's fun in the street. Yeah. It's just in the street. They're dancing, and it's a nice, I don't know, cute thing. <laughs> you chose that email. Did you have anything else particular to add to that? Well, just that I thought that, you know, there were so many movies and so much movie history that they could do at, um, you know, United American. Mm-hmm. That Why do we need Bollywood? Yeah, I don't why want are we celebrating right. American cinema? Yeah. You know more thoroughly at that park. Right. For, for a while, there was an American Film Institute exhibit right. at the back of um, the Backlot Tour. Yeah. I loved that. Oh yeah, especially when they featured all the villains' um, outfits and yep. costumes that they had. They did yeah. Academy Award costumes one time. I just I think to myself, there's so much of that history. Why not? Exactly. Oh, that's the same email. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is part of the technical difficulty. Well, that's a very long, long email. Um, does anybody uh, say anything in chat, Kevin? I think they're kind of following along. I've been pulling out questions here and there. 
Okay. I'll keep going back on the Bollywood thing. I think it, <laughs> it does deserve a bigger place in Animal Kingdom in Asia. I mean, that's right where it does fit in well. And, I mean, there's yeah, been there. there's been some that have some uh, Bollywood-style movies or even Slumdog Millionaire that won Best Picture. Like, yeah, people... Is, let's make that ride. Slumdog Millionaire ride. The international film history have to do with animals. It doesn't. I'm saying they can incorporate that culture a little bit well, that better. Culture fits better. They're that. kind of skipping right. over. I mean, in terms of Hollywood studios, it's lo- it's completely lost its element of even being a movie studio. So, what's the point of even talking about any films in there? Well, I mean, you can have I film related rides, but I think yeah. Animal and I see exactly what you're saying. But I don't know that Animal Kingdom is the place for that, though. No, I, I, the I, Asia theme fits, but I think it should be more about animals. Then, I was thinking it would be a cool showcase place in Epcot, maybe like you know, like, like the the France Pavilion where there isn't anything celebrating Godard or, or um, I can't remember the other as a cultural um, showcase yeah. for that country, like or in Italy. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly, yeah. Kevin. Yeah. Well, if Africa's allowed to showcase Festival of the Lion King, then I think Asia <laughs> should be allowed to showcase Bollywood. Fair point, <laughs> but those are animal characters. <laughs> <laughs> They're cartoons. <laughs> Sorry. All right, I've got a, I've got another one. They're here. not real. <laughs> Don't listen. You're kids. crushing my <laughs> dreams. Here's another email. Hi gang, love the podcast. Ooh, thank you. Uh, my question is about a fifth gate or more thrill rides. Do you guys feel to keep the younger generation interested in Disney parks, especially Walt Disney World, that they need to add more thrill rides, roller coasters, etc., to uh, to the lineup at Walt Disney World? I coach Little League Baseball, and when I bring up my love for Walt Disney World, the majority of the time I am met with, I'd rather go to Universal because they have awesome roller coasters and more thrill rides. I know Rock and Roller Coaster, Space Mountain, and others are very popular, but would Walt Disney World take the chance on adding more of these types of rides, uh, like The Incredible Hulk or Revenge of the Mummy? Or do they shy away uh, from it because they don't want to be like Universal? Thank you for your time. Tim Kistler from Indiana. Um, you mentioned early on uh, a f- in your email a fifth gate for this type of thing, and I think that if Disney World ever did do a fifth gate, uh, fifth gate, I do think it would be targeted more to this type of attraction. I do think it would be more teen and adult oriented, and I think it would be more thrill rides. Um, I would love to see more thrill rides. I don't think Disney's opposed to it. I mean, look at California Screaming, California Adventure. I mean, that's a that's a pretty intense ride. Yeah, but for a long time they thought California Adventure was just a big old waste of space. People wanted the parking lot back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they've done it. They've but I mean, that's, changed a, that's a thrill it. ride. That I don't. See I Dis- think Disney does it, it right. I think Disney takes that thrill, thrill ride and places it in the park and themed in a certain way. I think one of the the reasons why Universal and Islands of Adventure appeals to that demographic is because they're kind of close together. It's like, okay, I can go on thrill ride, thrill ride, thrill ride. I don't have to go to park, to park, to park, yeah. to, mm-hmm. to enjoy those rides. I think Disney does a fine job with putting in an appropriate ride for the theming of that park. And we may have a thrill ride with in, uh, the new Star Wars land. We don't know. Right. We certainly hope so. There Avatar be- land. Yeah. Though it would not surprise me if they took cues from Universal in blending. Was this where you were going with Yeah, it? that's what I was going to say. Go uh, Universal has kind of even gotten out of the roller coaster game after uh, 
Rip Ride Rocket. That was the last coaster they built, and now it's all been about developing thrill rides that are out of the box, like Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. And even though technically Gringotts is on a roller coaster track, it still incorporates so many other elements. Well, Space Mountain is a roller coaster. Exactly. So, I mean, it can be done. Yeah, no, it's it's all possible. It's just they need to find ways that it can be more family-friendly like Universal is trying to do now, but also still having that thrill aspect. You don't have to get a thrill just from a tall roller coaster. I also think that Disney's really big on the storytelling. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if roller coasters give them the best... Venue for like a, to tell a story. You I mean, have to tell the story told, fast. Yeah, they've already got <laughs> three like trains, three runway that's mine true. trains. Mine, tra- yeah. mine trains tell Mommy. a story. Well, I, I, and that's what I, I think they could do more. Mine, mommy's right. Yeah. All right, guys. Whatever. Oh, right. I was going to say, I just don't see Disney getting away from like designing a, a theme park for families. Like yeah. it might be nice to have a lot of roller coasters and things like that. But if they broke away and right. just started doing it for teens, that's a whole different you're, Disney switch that I don't think you're, you're going to see. You're not going to see a fifth gate that's going to be Great Adventure. That's right. just going to be thrill ride, thrill ride, yeah. thrill ride. You're going to see that something that's in the Disney vein and of for years, the, the hopes and dreams and rumors was of, of the Villains Park. Right. And I think that sounds like fun, but... Doesn't well, have I, to be all thrill rides. Right, though. and that would, would that scare kids? Spooky. Uh, I have another one, and it's it's about more food. We've been talking about food a lot. Now I'm um, really hungry. So it's it, – well, maybe this one won't make you that way. It's kind of a, a second part to the question we asked earlier. Uh, this is from James Troop in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I hope I said that all of that right. Uh, I'll go with this one after eating at Flame Tree Barbecue. After everyone I knew raved about it, what do you think is the most overrated counter service at uh, and table service dining experience at Walt Disney World? So it's kind of an addition to what we were talking about. I think the most overrated is La Cellier. Yeah, I'll agree with that. It's and been I a while think, since I've been there. So, and I think the most overrated table service is Pecos Bills. Or counter service. Yeah, sure. Counter service. Excuse yeah. me. It's like eating in a dungeon. And now, and well, and now they they have when it gets really busy, like you wait in line. They have stanchions and mm-hmm. everything set up. It, you know, it used to be when it was busy, just got in one of the lines and right. hope, like at the grocery store, that you're in the right one that's moving the fastest. Yeah. Now, uh, now I they kind of farm you through. I know people are going to not be happy with this, but I think 50s prime time is overrated. Oh, me too. People love that, and I think oh, I can definitely Swanson see that. frozen fried chicken, yeah. <laughs> but it's good. I no, like it. you can I buy it in Publix, well, Publix for four ninety nine. I would I would agree with um, James, who said that uh, Flame Tree Barbecue was overrated. It and, and it's only overrated simply from the smell that you get from oh, yeah. walking through the park. It smells great. It's average barbecue. But I, 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 do people rave about Flame Tree Barbecue? That I'm not sure about. I'm not sure about the. Uh, yeah. See, see, for me, this isn't. I, it, I doubt it's. Uh, you know, overly rated. It's for me. I think it's more of an embarrassment. The, uh, the food options in the American Pavilion. That, that is one, embarrassing. It's embarrassing. just embarrassing. I mean, really they is. should just. There yeah. should be. There should be a table service there that showcases. You know, flavors from all around the country. And there could be that, a revolving menu. That counter service is just, it's an embarrassment. Or they could do like um, what they do in Sunshine Terrace in that they could have, 
you know, a New Orleans yeah. line, and they could have a, a New England, New England yeah. the Southwest, right? That's what you mean. Pacific Northwest. I have a question: for Chicago you guys. style pizza. Should we I keep have, going? No, <laughs> we have folks who uh, friends of ours who are raving about something at Epcot, and okay. we have not tried it yet. There's a grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, 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 oh! oh. I did a blog about that. Okay, you Tell have to it. go try. Because I thought of you too. You have to. Is go it that it. good? We hear yes. it's really good. Yes, the, we we went up and we did a Kevin and John. We ordered all three, <laughs> and we tried them. But the one not because that, we review restaurants, but because we're pigs. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we were there like we can't just go and try one without having tried the others to talk about it. And then the ice cream truck that moves went by. This really <laughs> is the greatest job. The fact that you can do a blog on grilled cheese right. sandwiches. Yes. So where is it located? Tell it me. Is, it is as you're coming like out of test track, and over here on the left is the the station where there's like it's like a car wash and right to the mm-hmm. right of it there's like a mobile trailer yep. that sits there that's where the grilled cheese sandwiches are and let's go now mm. it's the, the one that was really a surprise for me that i didn't because i'm like a grilled cheese connoisseur but <laughs> i like mine sort of like plain but they have one <coughs> it's on a raisin bread with apple butter with cheddar cheese and apples which sounds because i can see the look on your face you oh. have to Try it. Sounds amazing. And then there's um, a sourdough one that has um, it, it's sort of like a like with mozzarella cheese and some tomato and some basil. That sounds good. And I'm and that does sound good. And I think it's that one too. There's a little balsamic glaze on it. I'm just not much, sure if I want fruit on mine. Yeah, that like, bothers me. How much you are have they? to try it. Eight ninety nine and nine ninety nine. Is it just a sandwich for eight ninety nine, or do you get a side? You with get it? a side of a salad or a soup. And they're all grilled cheese. Mm-hmm. They're all- and they make them while you're standing there. Um, Sounds good. The only the, my only thing with there's really not a good place. It's in the bright hot sun there's really not a whole lot of mm. like shade to sit there and eat it but they mm. make them fresh it was very good oh, I, thought something else. I know I, another counter service place that i really like okay it's min and bill's dockside oh yeah oh yeah and they take a roll and they have a machine that pokes a big hole yeah. in it and they fill it with sausage and peppers <laughs> i love it yeah, it's, it's really, really good. good. And that's at Hollywood yeah. Studios uh-huh. over by... And then back at yeah. Reading and Writing in the Writer's Nook, whatever it's called. <laughs> Reading and Writing. They have <laughs> carrot cake. Uh, well, the store down at Downtown Disney, the stationery store, used to be Reading, Writing, and Arithmetic. <laughs> right? oh. All starting with R's. Um, arithmetic. But they... Not, not Arithmetic, Arithmetic. They have carrot cake cookies at the Writer's Nook. Mm-hmm. These are things I like. Um, when I was with my family recently, I, I have on this note of like the grilled cheese place, there was uh, the Golden Oak Outpost. Um, I, I didn't know they've done this now, but they're, it's all waffle fries, but they do mm-hmm. them all these special ways. So oh, I got yeah. these bacon, lettuce, and tomato waffle fries, and they were amazing. Like it is, it's, Where is this? It's, Craig Lee did a blog on those. No, oh, well, oh, really? Craig did. Craig last, did? It, that happened about a year ago. It's over by Pecos Bill and between that and Adventureland. Yeah. It used to be a McDonald's fry yeah. station. It's so good. Do you know what? They used to be a Pinocchio house. They used to be called Figaro Fries. Yeah. yeah. That's their way of bringing it back was here. Oh, is that? It's not quite as good from what I'm hearing. I never experienced oh God, Figaro fries. Okay, Figaro fries were awesome. fries with ranch dressing, bacon, and lettuce and tomato on it. wasn't good for you, but it was Literally, I, just I, I don't want to like. Let's not. It wasn't one of those mythological things. It, that's what it was. Well, French fries with yeah, crap I mean, on top. 
It was just good in theory and, and execution. They, and then they stopped making them, and Kevin and I went one, there one day, and we said, well, can we have some lettuce on the side and some ranch dressing? <laughs> and the manager finally came over and went, here, just stop. I'll make them for you. <laughs> Uh, you know, more rhino? The, well, there was uh, there was like three different types, but then there was um, we uh, somewhere like I think it's the where the Winnie the Pooh ride is. There was another place that was all like mac and cheese, and so it was like you could get bacon mac and cheese. Pump. Yeah, and I was just like kind of like my family was like, where are all the chicken nuggets? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, here I am, like impressed that there's they're right. like taking these like cool risks with these food. <laughs> they just and want my chicken nuggets. Like these kids just want chicken nuggets. Well, they're three years old. So that I think that's important, and yeah. that's something that speaks to you know we want different stuff yeah we want stuff that's elevated but i think that you know most of the people want something plain and recognizable yeah that's america i don't care if they sell chicken fingers and hot dogs right that's not all they should sell right i agree with that because that is a savior for us because ferris is very limited to what he eats so we we need to find those chicken nugget spots and we know there's always chicken nuggets but there oh, needs to be food something and wine, else. They do that thing where there's a lobster mac and cheese, right. and they do New mm-hmm. Orleans and things like yeah. that. The American Pavilion should have other options. I like how you just said New Orleans. That was New Orleans. Yeah, but you had a little twang to it. That was nice. That's <laughs> a tribute to Val. <laughs> I do spend a lot of time with Val. Who's from Lafayette? <laughs> Does anybody else have any other questions or emails? Well, I I have one. We can talk about Excellent. cast members. Yeah. Um, this is from Laney. It's a no last Hello. name. Hi, guys. I just wanted to know if you have any positive experiences with cast members that have stayed with you over the years. What act of kindness will you never forget? I love hearing these stories. Can't wait to watch the show. I'll see you all at Dizapalooza in December. Thank you, Laney. I have a question. Did you use the backside of a credit card statement? <laughs> no, no. It's the bottom half of a, a quote. She was uh, like, <laughs> She's flipping her papers over. <laughs> I I don't have any recent ones yeah. that I could come to mind, but there used to be a gentleman inside the beach club who greeted people as Al they walk in. And then he weren't, went to DCL and he greeted people as they got on the boat. Mm-hmm. I thought he was amazing. He was... Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I don't know why the camera cut to me while he was talking. Oh, I thought he was done. <laughs> oh, I thought he was done. Okay. Uh, for me, having been a cast member, um, I don't I don't have any uh, specific things that are standing out that have happened to me. And I, maybe it's just I haven't been that lucky to get that uh, kind of treatment, but it definitely happens. What about one you've done? Oh, hey, thanks. Yeah. Um, I always come back to this. <laughs> I always come back to this. Um, at least when I was there, we were empowered to do some forms of guest recovery. And I um, worked at the uh, Voyage of the Little Mermaid, which had a place that had ice cream at that time, had ice cream was being sold right outside of it, and birds would come and steal ice cream. And for some reason, they'd come to me instead of go back to the ice cream uh, shop and and do that. So, uh, you know, I would write them a voucher for free ice cream. And and that happened quite a few times. So being able to do kind of that kind of stuff, um, I'm. I hope that cast members are still empowered to do that. And that uh, when I started, uh, I, you you might have this might have been in the realm of your time. Do you remember those Tinkerbell pins they used to give you? They were two. They were stuck together. And if you saw somebody right. in the park doing something oh, nice, yeah. you'd rip it off. It, well, you'd give them. You'd be like, one's for you, and now one's for you to give somebody else one. Right. Huh. I I used to carry those in my pocket to give them to like kid. And this one time, there was this girl in the, this wheelchair and. 
um, you know, I was seating her and I, I was just talking to the family and stuff. And then I, she was like, she was really nice and everything. I was like, you know what? I ran, went out of my way and that's when they were trying to take them away. But I knew there was some like in a drawer somewhere in the <laughs> office. So I had somebody watch my spot. I like sprinted back to the break room. I found them. I finally found one. I brought it back to this girl. I gave it to this girl and she's like, oh my God, this is so nice. Blah, blah. Then her mother pulled me aside and was like, our house just burned down and she lost all of her pins. Oh, and wow. and oh her gosh. being in the wheelchair is like a brand new thing. So I just remember they like they she had the girl come back over and the girl like hugged me and they just this oh, thing and God. it was just it, and that was like eight seven years ago and I'm just like I don't know if she remembers me but I know that that was like yeah. an interaction that oh, yeah. was very special for me like I don't know so you know there's those magic moments that happen somewhere even you know I don't know well, that was a lifeguard oh, we had to be mean. <laughs> Stop rash! Don't do that. I'll run around. <laughs> I will say, and I there's no way I can top that story that you just told. I will say, that, uh, working at Disney's Animal Kingdom, you have a lot of people uh, come up and asking information about the animals and the plant life. And one of the things they give you as a frontline cast member there is a form to give to a person. Uh, that just says describe the plant and call this number and they will um, <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> describe the animal and call the number and they'll explain it for you. Basically a card that says I have no clue what you're talking <laughs> about. Please take this and wow. go call somebody else. I have seen outside of the parks I have watched ABD cast members mm-hmm. just create magic for exactly. people. So I, I deal with that a lot lately. Right. A, a great story. Um one of our guests on one of our backstage magic trips decided she wanted one of the Dooney and Burke haunted mansion bags and they were sold out. Everybody knew they were sold out. They didn't exist anywhere. They were sold out. And I asked one of the cast of one of the ABD guides, do you have any idea how we can make this happen for her? And the two guys worked tirelessly and somehow they found a sample that had been sent to Disney world for approval. And they overnighted it from Disney World to California. And on the day of our farewell breakfast, (coughs) now her husband had to pay for the bag, but they presented her with this bag. Holy moly. And she's probably still talking about it. Now, if you're going on an ABD and you want a Haunted Mansion bag, we found the last one in captivity. (laughs) That that, that, that game's over. Um, But but these are the links that they will go to. I, I mean, they overnighted it. They sent a messenger to LAX to pick it up to bring it back for her. So the cast member magic is still out there. Yep. And I would say, you know, having two kids that are cast members, it's it's funny watching them and they'll, you know, they they can be in a mood or they're they're just sort of like in the park, but if they see something happening in the park, like my kids' faces light up if they thought that they could do something. Yeah. I always recognize the person who's doing it too. I, I'll write in my phone. I'll take out my phone right away. I have notes here from our vacation. Like if I see it, even if it's not happening to me, I try to. I write down the time, the place. If I can't see their name tag, it's just wherever they work. And I always make sure to give them feedback because I feel like people only get negative feedback. Well, so I want to make and sure. I'll it's be. Positive. I'll be honest with you. Having been a cast member, you can go to you can go to guest relations and you can fill out a card there and do that. The best thing you could do for that cast member is ask to speak to their direct supervisor mm-hmm. because then they can uh, write them, um, you know, a little a well, word when, thingy. When we were out in Disneyland, I was at dinner at the the Plaza, and there was a cast member at the next table. He was serenading the people with a harmonica. He went and got the ladies' roses. He did all this kind of stuff, and I'm like, oh, I've got to recognize yeah. this cast member. So out in Disneyland, they have a very active like Twitter 
account mm -hmm. and I wrote and I said, hey, I just had this really awesome thing and I sent them the video and they went, well, do you know what the cast member's name is? And I'm like, no, because he was like, you know, I saw his backside but was watching this. So after the parade, I went back in and got it and they went and recognized the cast member. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, what were you going to say, Craig? I was going to say one of the big things that I did uh, while I was working in the theme parks and I still kind of do it to this day if I can is we're all in there. It's a giant group of people, even though you might not know each other, but you're having to interact with everyone else around you. So if I was in there on a day off over at Universal, like right around Harry Potter, if I was visiting friends and I saw a family that was getting bummed out about a wait time, even though I wasn't working that day, I could still, you know, go ahead and get them on and stuff. And I did that at uh, Test Track, too, whenever I worked there. Yeah, even nice. on my days off, I would still find ways. And a lot of times, if you have someone being extra nice to you in a theme park, chances are they're probably a cast member or a team member, depending on which one you're at. And, you know, they're just overhearing. And, yeah. I mean, half the time you get wished happy birthday. It's by cast members right. yep, who aren't exactly. even working. They're just trained yeah. to they're second just, nature. Happy birthday. Happy and you birthday. see that pin with their name on it. And, and before we leave this discussion, yeah. um, Barbara at Magic Kingdom. I'm sure you've all seen Barbara. She performed. She started off, she wanted to lose some weight. And she ended up, um, she started dancing like when the parade goes by. Th that is the cast member. If I had, if I had the chance to talk to Walt Disney, that is the cast member that I would say you need more, just like Barbara. Okay. Because I rode down Main Street on Christmas Day with her, and she had everybody singing Christmas carols. <laughs> and anybody that knows who Barbara is is probably talking back to their computer right now because <laughs> she's pretty awesome. Cool. I think all this talk, people who have other jobs should take this back to their job. Yeah, yeah. completely agree. It just makes for a better environment. Um, all right, so I want to wrap up with uh, one final voicemail, and that's from Jen. And uh, let's go ahead and cut to that, please. Hey, podcast team. Um, it's Jen from Ottawa, Canada. I just have a quick question. We hear about how you guys got involved with Disney in your lives, but I'm curious how you came together on the, on the podcast. So... Because all of a sudden it'll just be like, bam, there's Jenny Lynn, bam, Rhino. We never really hear bam. how it came about that they were going to be on the show. So that's what I was curious. Thank you. Genetic engineering. <laughs> that's right. I was made in the lab. We're growing them in pods <laughs> in the background. Yeah. Every once in a while, some of them hatch. We're <laughs> <laughs> <Push>. lucky. <laughs> Very Push. Jurassic Park yeah. in Pete's back room. Yeah. Push. Uh, <laughs> Come on. Push the defendant. Um, well, thank you, Jen, for uh, your voicemail. Obviously, we don't have time to go over that Every right now. One. The reason I wanted to play that is because ever since about a month or so ago, um, with that thread that's on the boards with all the feedback, plus a lot of emails coming in, there has been a lot of feedback. A good portion of those emails have been, you guys need to do a show, um, kind of refreshing the uh, welcome to the welcome to the group show that we have uh, up there from a couple years ago, and that is in the books sometime in the near future. And I think we're going to tackle that in the near future of doing a show that kind of introduces everybody. I was hoping uh, we weren't going to answer that now. I was just yeah. 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 I'm hungry. All right, rapid fire, quick, go. You're going to need laser pointers and red yarn and push pins. Exactly. And can we add in there the whole stay out of the damn lakes? Because that seems to get asked a lot, yeah. too. Could Pete explain that again? If you want the answer, Google amoebas in Florida lakes. Yes. And all yeah. your answers will are there. Yep. Just don't image search it. Um, 
Yes, we can try to address that. But that's exactly what it is, uh, is there are brain-eating amoebas in the lakes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Simple enough. And he's just reminding everyone, and don't every, go in And them. there are signs that say don't swim in the lake. Yes. Or yeah. there's gators or there's snakes. But, yeah, you must in the poop in the lakes. Okay, well, that is going to wrap it up for this email and voicemail show. Thank you all for sending in your emails. Again, you can send those to podcast at disunplugged.com or you can go to www.disunplugged.com slash contact and leave us uh, uh, your feedback email or a voicemail if your computer has a microphone on it. So until next time, thanks for watching. We'll see you again with another episode of the Diz Unplugged. Unplugged.